Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan is not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast on wearecavan.com. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be looking back over the Cavan ladies who got the opening round of the Little National Football League um, off to uh, a draw at home to Tyrone Sunday morning, um, or Sunday afternoon, as I've been corrected on this, at half twelve. Um, it's a good, it's a morning good for you, you're already out of bed Exactly, exactly, you know me, a late riser <laughs> when I'm not up early <laughs> um, We're also going to be bringing news, which I think is great news anyway um, About a project that Paul Fitzpatrick has taken on um, Which is very exciting, definitely for Cavan GEA fans um, We're going to be, Paul caught up with um, the president of Ulster Council Cavan Gale's man and of course Cavan man Oliver Galligan we've a little bit coming from him congratulations to him and to Declan Woods but we'll be discussing that later on here's something that may be of interest to the club players out there you can win €5,000 for your club with Sports Direct and Balls.ie on February 16th Balls.ie are organising a GA Skills Challenge Day on February 16th in Abbottstown for male and female club players players will be tested for speed shooting accuracy and more person who comes out on top will win €5,000 for their club. They're especially putting the call out to female club players out there to enter. Interested applicants must be 20 years of age and older and have never made an inter-county senior championship appearance with their county. It's free to enter. If you're interested, email the gaffer at balls.ie. That's the gaffer, all one word, G-A-F-F-E-R, at balls.ie. Paul, will start the show with uh, a little bit of a humble brag. A wonderful, wonderful prediction by Paul Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and, and, you know, the odd time you do get it right, we might as well play the audio. <laughs> It'd be a massive scalp for Cavan, massive if we can beat Kerry on Sunday. Yeah. It, it, it would do untold, um, it would have untold benefits for, for that panel and for the whole football scene. And it, it would add a couple of thousand to the gate for the next home game as well. So I dearly would love to see it, but I just can't see it. And please God, I'm wrong, but I think Kerry will win it by about three points. Yeah, Paul, king of the pile. Three points to Kerry. Yeah, look at what can I say, David? When you're good, you're good. I did. I did. I did say that I, I thought that we'd be, we'd improve, and I mm. thought that we'd we'd give a good account of ourselves and be very competitive. And we were. Kerry took the lead for the first time in the 68th minute. Like yeah. it was a smash or grab in that sense. It would remind you nearly of Kerry against Monaghan in the quarter final back. The time the time Banty said it was like having open heart surgery without an anaesthetic. I wouldn't <laughs> say that. It wouldn't go that far on Sunday, but it was disappointing. But the overall feeling was positivity after because. It was such a such a thrilling first half performance. It showed that we Cavan can play ball at that level. Yeah, it definitely can, and and not just play ball, but play better ball than than Kerry, which was what what I absolutely loved about it. That right, I I, I firmly believe they ran out of steam. I think that maybe they're they're not at full tilt. Well, sorry, there's no maybe about it. They're definitely not at full tilt. Um, yeah, Mickey Graham even admitted that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so like I, I've no problem with that. I, if Cavan can build that thirty six or thirty seven minutes into forty five minutes over in Mayo on Saturday night, and then build it on afterwards, once we can see those positive shoots coming out, Cavan supporters are happy enough that that right well, we're moving in the right direction because it it didn't feel like we'd been moving in the right direction the past couple of years. No, and and to know the more games. We see this team play. The, the wider sample we get, and we'll be able to draw draw uh, a conclusion about where they're at. But you know, based on on Sunday anyway, you'd say they're in a pretty good place. Wins are going to be hard to come by in this this division. But Mickey Graham, I said it from the start, and I take my hat off to him. He he said from the very start. I asked him, "Is it going to be tough to balance? You know, maybe trying to stay up with him for a championship?" And he said, "We're aiming for a championship." Yeah. And he's right. I I think it's, the time has come for Cavan to put their eggs in one basket and go for a championship because do we all remember that that research that was done in the Irish Times a couple of years ago where they found that over, I think it was over the last four or five years Cavan had, had been the 10th best team in the country on league standings and the 20th best on championship standings so mm-hmm. our league our, our championship results haven't been good but we've only won one game in the championship in five years and Mickey Graham's right target that and it, it doesn't matter if we get relegated in, in the league it won't be nice but you'd suck it up because if you can still see just enough the glimpses that they're there um, teams like Monaghan won't want to play us in the championship because I they think they'll, they'll say well we'll be coming in they'll be coming in as heavy favourites regardless almost of what happens now I think we can safely say Monaghan are going to be heavy favourites coming to, to Breffney Park this summer and you know we're doing it again. <laughs> we're doing it again. Yeah, we're building it up. We're building it up as always. Put the money on Calvin for Sam, but it is it is that. It's it's definitely Can I we talk about the something first time sorry, go ahead. I think it's the first time I've heard a Calvin manager state that, that that look at right, the league isn't my priority. It's it's it is championship. And I suppose that whether whether management see it or not or mean it or not, definitely what they Create as the imagery in in a training session with the media sinks in with the group and and I think that over the last few years while yeah the, the lads put in a big effort maybe for us their championship I think that the All Ireland wasn't as in the back door was never really a big priority for Cavan over the last few years and I think that that maybe fed into the fact that right with well, league and also championship are our big aims but not necessarily championship overall. And I think that that's where there should be a bit more longevity in the year for Cavan this year. Yeah, look at teams like Kildare, who never really came close to Leinster, maybe won Leinster final on the beginning, but just sort of earned a reputation as a backdoor team and played in, mm. in I think it was four or five quarterfinals, one semifinal. You know, it has its merits and you can, you can build a team there. Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. Can we just briefly talk about something that you wouldn't let me talk about on the Die Hard podcast on Sunday? We can. Yeah, yeah, thanks. We can. Gerald McKernan. I want to talk about him. I like talking about him. Yeah. He's such an exciting player. He's going to be coming back into the team sooner rather than later, we hope. Hopefully he'll get some game time in the, in the league. Looking at the first half on Sunday, we're getting an idea of how Cavan are going to play. You've got fellas who can, who can break the tackle. Um, Kieran, Brady, Darren McFeed, he the best examples. But there was a variant with the long ball and there was a lot of space there and, and Conor Madden and Jack Brady won some great ball at times. Where do you play Garoud when he comes back into the team? Because he's going to come into the team. He's too good a player not to walk straight back in the team when he's fit. Where do you play him? To, 
it reminds me of what something Mickey Hannon used to say about Aidan O'Shea that when he played when he played on the forty, he clogged up the middle, and Mayo tended to run a lot of ball because he's such a big big man and physically imposing and influential on the team, and he tended to take a lot of ball and run it. Whereas and Garage plays a similar game. Yeah. You, you rarely see Garage deliver a long ball into the full forward line. It's not his game. D- will Will Garage come back into the team if Cavan can keep improving? It's a big if. And start keep playing, mixing it up the way we're seeing. When Garrod comes back into the team, where do we play him? Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent that that Garrod game isn't delivering ball into the forward line. But what that will give you is a variation that you have other players who deliver ball. You have Garrod as an extra player that can run at a defence. Um, what I'd like to see Garrod develop is the ability to give those kick passes in, and who may be better. Dan Dermot McCabe to teach him. Big man, left foot. You know, Dermot McCabe could deliver a brilliant ball. Yeah, he was so, great at that. So maybe 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 that's the part of the game that they'll they'll work on once he gets back. But for me, I think I, I liked Galligan and Graham in the middle of the field. I thought that was the best yeah. midfield combination we've had in a while. I thought I thought Graham really surprised me. Yeah. I thought Graham not not to disparage him, but I thought he had I thought he had a good game. He worked very hard. He looked fitter than he had looked yeah. in other games. So he was obviously putting in the effort. Like fitness fitness was always his his kind of, you know, superpower where most big men weren't that fit. He could always cover ground. And then he's had a couple of injuries over the last couple of years and maybe hasn't got a lot of You'd know him game fairly well, Damien. Would he be the type of lad who would be a hard trainer and be dedicated oh, to football? When he's at it, he's at it. Like he's he's really, really yeah, would be. And and even Coming back from the shoulder up operation, he was told to build up his upper body. And the difference, the transformation in a few months when he did decide to focus on building up his upper body was was was, was huge. So very, very dedicated and very very much into fitness. So I think he's he's going to get fitter and fitter and fitter as this year goes on. He's not fully fit, definitely not at the minute. But he's he's got a different frame to him than he's ever had. He's he's now more developed than he's ever been. Like you can see on him, I heard one Cavan supporter describing him w- with a big arse, which I, I'd say he's delighted with because he was a beanpole up to that point. Yeah, you know? So yeah. I I think I think he's just getting used to carrying the weight that he has, as in the muscle that he has now. And once he gets used to that and starts to get around the field the way he, the way I consider the best asset of his game is. I think we're going to see so much more from him. But you can tell his confidence on the ball. Like Kerry players trying to swarm around him, he can sidestep and mm. turn back. He's he's intelligent on the ball. So and I, I thought, thought I thought we shaded the midfield. Oh definitely, definitely. In fact I thought we, we controlled it. I, mm. you know Gallagher Gall- Gall- was very good. Excellent. Excellent. It really was. Like and at the end of the game even he was driving on. Yeah. A little bit of, probably a little bit of an element of uh he, he he called for a couple of balls and he really did a big spectacular burst through and I think it was nearly an element of a new player on the team saying look at me type thing I'm still going but like that's what you want a fellow to come in and go look I'm driving this thing on putting their hand up all the time yeah. like I, I thought his breaking was excellent I thought then the, the score of the of the game for me was him making the catch in the middle of the field from the Kerry kick out to Pierce Smith on to Conor Rehill that it was three young lads you know in their debut season really just stepping up and saying Kerry, who 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 cares? We're still going to do this to you. Like so, I thought I thought Galligan was excellent. One thing that has to come out of some of the young boys is don't wait on the ball. You, you mm. just don't get time, and those lads are learning it. And the other one with with Galligan that there was a time running down towards the flaggy bottom end in front of the stand. He took an extra solo 
when he should have just laid a hand yeah, pass on. But yeah. Those are little flaws that... I remember that, that well. But they have to happen. You know, th- he doesn't... He does, he does have a tendency to always take a solo out of the ball yeah, yeah, at times. Yeah, and he doesn't need to do that. I think that'll be coached out of him. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think, you know, that'll be highlighted to him that, look at we appreciate the fact that you're trying to take that solo and get away from your man, but when there's a man ahead of you, give it first time and then drive on and get the return. You know, he's and he's such a big, powerful, straight-line runner. You know, if he's coming at you... You're you're either going to roll over or you're going to get rolled over. You know, it's it's too, it's only one option really. So I, yeah. I I love to see Galligan the way he's he is developing, and I think his confidence is starting to grow. So it's it's an exciting thing. Bringing it back to Grove McCarran, and then it, it it puts him at centre forward, really, doesn't it? it? Like it kind of it's either that or you you play him as a corner forward with a free roll and play three over around the middle of the field with Thomas Galligan and, and Graham, or play him as a wing forward. Something like that, but isn't it wonderful that you're saying now we don't have to have growth in the middle of the field? Yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's true. It's it's going to be very interesting to see where they're playing when he's back. The sooner he's back, the better. Yeah. But yeah. because he's got the ability to transform a team, he's that good. I'm hearing Jerry Smith isn't a million miles away. He's good. looks like he's going to be the first of the injured players back anyway. Um, now Mayo will come too quick, but he he might be too far away for the next game after that. So that'll be a big big plus coming. Should in. be a big addition. The question is again, who comes out of that half back lane? Like Kieran Brady, Darren McVitie, and Conor Rehill were your half backs mm. the last day, and and they were all excellent. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, McVitie and Brady were probably the two best players we had. Yeah, and Rehill did never put a foot wrong. Yeah, Rehill had a very good game as well. Rehill's looking like a lad who's who's really going to cut it at that level. Yeah. So best of luck to him. It's great to see a young lad coming in and playing with confidence. You talk about athleticism, or or, or Michael Hannon was talking about the athleticism on the the Cavan team in the back line. You know, Jerry Smith brings that that athleticism to another level. Ah, yeah, coming he's, into the back he's, end, so. he's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. But um, Mickey Hannon was making a point to me in the dressing room as well. Um, Rehill's tough. Rehill's okay. a tough nut, and yeah. you want to see that too. Like he. He's got skills and he's got got that point and he's got the engine as well. But he's actually he's tough. He got stuck in there like it was a type of game. It was a very hard hitting match. It was. It was physical and, yeah. and and what surprised me actually interviewing him after the Queens game was that he how big he is. He he is big. He's physically strong enough. Like so, it's great to see him settling in. But here's something that may interest the uh, the club players out there. You can win five thousand euro for your club with Sports Direct and Balls.ie on February sixteenth. Balls.ie are organising a skills challenge, a GA skills challenge on uh, February 16th in Abbottstown for male and female club players. So if players, the players will be tested for their speed, shooting, accuracy and more. The person who comes out on top will win €5,000 for their club. Um, so we're especially looking for club players or putting the call out to female club players out there to enter. If you're interested in entering, application um, must be, applicants must be 20 years or older. Um, they've never played for an inter-county senior championship uh, game, so I'm they haven't. I take both those boxes. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Female and all. <laughs> they're, they're especially looking for females. Um, so, yeah, you, you can't have played inter-county championship with, with your county Check. team. So, it's free to enter. Paul, you'd be delighted to hear. That takes your box. <laughs> and uh, if you're interested, just email thegaffer at balls.ie. So, to enter, it's thegaffer, all one word, G-A-F-F-E-R, at balls.ie so it sounds like a great competition it's a hell of a prize 5,000 yeah. euro for, for any club 
That's it. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a lift. You'll be an absolute hero in your home parish if you can win the five grand for your club. Yeah, should be. That's dead. a lot of lottery tickets. So get on to it again. There, it's the gaffer at balls.ie and, and it's free to enter February sixteenth in Abbottstown. Should be very good. So anyone who wants to enter that would probably want to be getting their entry in quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're already on February fifth, so it's it's not too far away. Um, moving on, Paul, you have you have a project. I have a project, an yeah. exciting project. Yeah, you've been telling me snippets of stories, and and I have to say, I'm I'm loving this idea. I'm loving I'm loving it. I can't wait for it. Tell yeah, it. well, I haven't really publicly made a big song and dance about it because I don't want to end up with egg in my face if it doesn't come off. But I think it is going to come off now. Um, I'm writing a book about Charlie Gallagher, the great Cavan player of the sixties. Um, for people who don't know about him, I suppose he was a top scorer in the country for if three you don't years know in about a row. Him, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, get off this podcast yeah. now if you don't know Charlie Gallagher. He, he was the top scorer in Ireland for three years in a row in the mid-60s. To that point, t- up to 1967, someone went through the record books. and he, uh, By 1967, Charlie Gallagher, he has been overtaken since. He was the highest scorer in footballer of all time to that point. Wow. He uh, was an unbelievably handsome, charismatic figure, an iconic individual. He was a dentist based in Derry. He had... Uh, he drove a sports car. He was unbelievably skillful on the football pitch. Like a level of skill that by all accounts and I've done a, quite a few interviews at this stage and researched a lot of old newspaper archives and stuff. He was renowned for scoring these incredible points from the corner from the corner flag. And but the whole thing about him was it was his personality. So if you any, if you ever see a picture of him and no disrespect, but you look back to how what people looked like back then. They looked a bit different than what, what we used to now. They certainly weren't as well groomed, some of them, yeah. coming out of rural Cavan. But Charlie had the looks, he had the swagger, he had the charisma. And he had a bit of a tragic, there was a tragic element to it too because he had, he had his own um, issues mm, with alcohol abuse in later years. And Charlie died tragically in 1989. He was drowned. Um, he went swimming. At the r- in the river in July 1989 and tragically drowned and uh, so it's, it's 30 years since he since he passed away and it's 50 years since he played his last game for Cavan which was against Offaly in an All-Ireland semi-final replay Charlie won four Ulster medals in the, in the 60s two of them as captain but Cavan and Darren played in seven Ulster finals in the 60s Cavan won four never got to an All-Ireland final Darren won three and won the three All-Irelands from those three years Cavan were as good as any team in Ireland but just couldn't beat the right team on the right day. That's what they always say. So, for example, in '67, they 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 beat down in the Ulster final, played Cork in the All Ireland semi final, lost it by a point. By all accounts, got robbed. I've heard that in a lot of different places. Mainly around Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of different places around Gavin. <laughs> Me and you, basically talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but they went. There used to be a grounds tournament played. And it was a big deal, like back then. Even tournaments and challenge games even were bigger back then. Mm. Um, and every year they had this grounds tournament they would play in Crow Park and they would reverse the All-Ireland semi-final parents and they played them and it was to raise money for pitches and stuff around the country typical Cavan won it beat the All-Ireland champions Mead in the final that was a month after the All-Ireland um, Mead went off to on, a, on a tour to Australia then you know it was like going to the moon back then um, six, yeah. 68 down won the All-Ireland they beat Cavan in the Ulster final Cavan a load of injuries 69 Cavan came back destroyed down in the Ulster final I think it was 2-12 to 8 points played awfully in the semi-final fully expected to win the All-Ireland in all quarters drew the first day now 
Kevin missed the free on that occasion, famously. I interviewed Michal Green in yesterday and he, he brought it up, in fairness to him, he wasn't shying away from it. But Charlie Gallagher got taken off. This is one of the controversies. Any younger people listen, if, you're, if you talk to anyone older who remembers the 60s, they will always, always talk about this. Charlie got taken off in Crow Park against Offaly. He had missed a few frees that day. He wasn't having his best game. Charlie never got taken off. It'd be like taking off George Best. He didn't do it because he always had the magic. Yeah. They took him off. Michal came on and his first touch, it was a really, Michal really wet day. 19-year-old or something. Nine, he, he would have been 20. 20. And his first touch of the ball, he had a free and he missed it. And it was a pre that he probably would normally score. And there was after being a... a Cavan GA used to run a sports day around that time and they had all the skills and sprints and all the footballers would enter it right. and there was a free taking composi- competition and Michael Green had actually won it so he was ahead of a free taker just happened to miss this one and uh, Mick Higgins was the manager and he was quoted in the press afterwards saying that he was at the far side of the field the urging on the players when the substitution was made and no one no one knows to this day why I did even when I put up on Twitter looking for information about Charlie anyone had photographs or info about him or stories and someone, uh, Niall Trainer, I think it was, tweeted back and said, uh, see, can you find out why was he taken off in 69? And people if still talk about if it. If you can find that, you'll sell a lot of books. <laughs> you'll sell a lot of books. Yeah. But well, without giving it all away, though, it, 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 that's only a sample of... of well, I'll just tell you one more thing. Go for it. 20 years to the week after the All-Ireland semi-final in 69, Michal Greenan was reunited with Charlie again in tragic circumstances. Michal was a juror on the inquest into Charlie's death. Oh, his God. old teammate. So, it, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was just a tragic ending to it. He worked in the in the courthouse at the time, and the the guards would come in and they'd be looking for people to sit on a jury. And mo, mo, a lot of the time, they just the jury in an inquest would just accept the, the coroner's report or the medical officer's report, whatever it was. But he was there, and he said you wouldn't know who it was going to be. And then he realised that some of Charlie's family were there, and he had the inquest. So it was a, it was a real tragic tale in the end of that that he died so young at fifty one years of age. But what a what a career he had as a footballer, you know. He he did it he did it all bar winning the All Ireland. But a couple of years ago, the the, the two thousand and nine, the Independent produced a supplement for the, the one hundred and twenty five greatest footballers of all time, and Charlie was number ninety. So you think about the thousands of amazing footballers that have gone before him. For a man that didn't win an All Ireland medal to get get in at number ninety, is absolutely astonishing. So look, um, I think it but has to make it of a good time. Anybody with stories, anybody who knows anybody with stories on, on Charlie to, to try and get as broad a picture of, of, of the character that was Charlie Gallagher. Yeah, anyone that, that or anyone that's listening, maybe that their dad or their uncle or their granddad um, or their neighbour that might have old programmes from that time or annuals or anything like that, I'd love to get my hands on it to copy it. I'll give it straight back to you. And anyone around that time who knows who knows what's going, who would have known Charlie in any way, I just I'd love to talk to them because these stories were gonna gonna hopefully bring this iconic man to life. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I suppose immortalize him. A book, a book about you will immortalize you. So well, I'll tell you the regard that he's held in. There's a man in Coothill who who carries around a lock of Charlie's hair in, in his wallet. Oh my God! It's it's like a religious relic. He was he was the sixth Beatle. He he was a, <laughs> a god among men. You know, walking the earth. That's what he was like. And everyone I've spoken to said he was just such a lovely, nice man. That he was just great crack, great fun, really laid back, and a type of fellow everyone wanted to hang around with. Ray mm-hmm. Carroll told me a story one time. Cameron playing a big game was really tight really tense and they really needed a score 
and the ball went out to, to Charlie and he was on the corner flag and he just stuck it over the black spot and he came, everyone was going mad roaring and Charlie came running out and he goes, what do you, what do you think of that one, Carolyn? So this <laughs> was the, the swagger of the man. Brilliant, brilliant. Looking forward to that. So the, the call is out there if you have any stories at all about the great man from Coot Hill. Uh, get in contact with Paul. He's on Twitter, he's on email, he's he's on the bed most of the time. <laughs> um, Paul, moving on again. Ladies, off to a great start this week. I, I know the panel is a little bit depleted. There's a few bodies still missing, but um, to to get a, a draw at home against Tyrone is a really good start. Yeah, and they got off, they got off to a poor start in the game itself. Um, let in a goal, went down to 14 players with Sinbin in, in the first couple of minutes. Came back, dug in. Great result for Cavan. Um, Ashley and Sharon seemingly had a, had a mighty game for them. Um, she, she's another level though, isn't she? Yeah. And still... Don't know what age now, but she's probably only t- early twenties. Early twenties, she's phenomenal. Like she's very physically strong, and she goes direct for a goal. Mm. Like she's very hard to stop, and and she's got skills as well. So uh, it's a very very promising result for them. There is always a high turnover. Maybe we made too much of the turnover of on the mm. other podcast of players because ladies football tends to have that sometimes. But they've brought in good players and a lot of familiar names on it. So fair play to them. Um, yeah. Like just concession of a few goals hurt them obviously like the, the scoreline would make you think 13 scores against 7 would make you think Cavan probably should have won it but it's 13 points to 3-4 yeah but no great great start for them it really was and, and they have uh, they have another game like this weekend Armagh now that'll be a close one because last year Armagh beat them in the Ulster Championship so um, they, they they have uh, what's her name Mackie what's her first name or the the Armagh. Oh, forward. Amy Mackin. Mackin, Mackin. They have to contend with her, I'm sure, this weekend. So, they, if if the conceded goes against Tyrone, they're going to have to tighten up to make sure that Mackin doesn't score because she's she she's the type of player that torn straight looking for goal. Yeah, I, I compared her to Jamie Clark before. It was yeah. actually the same the exact same weekend last year. Cavan played them because the Anglestad Sports Awards were on, and um, I remember the next morning getting up with a sore head and going down to Bombay to watch Cavan ladies against Armagh finish the draw. It was absolutely superb. So I, I, I have a copy of the match report, so I can just run you through the team, actually. Um, they played against their own, just for the record. Um, so it was it was 13 points to 3-4, three, four, four. we said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the Cavan team that played was Evelyn Bach uh, in goals, Kate McIntyre, Laura Fitzpatrick, Sheila Riley, Sinead Green, again the captain, uh, Shauna Lynch and Nasa Board, two crush loggers yeah. and a half-back line, Mona Sheridan and Don English, Kira Finnegan, Ashley Sheridan, and Shanice Fitzsimons from Castran. Then that was her debut. Andrew O'Reilly from Bailiburgh, Geraldine Sheridan, and Sinead McGovern from Hempport. And the subs that come on was Aggie Clark, Cullivan, and Michaela Fitzpatrick. So there is a lot of experience there. Yeah, yeah. Great to see Mona Sheridan back after the the leg break from last year. That that's a that's a very quick recovery too. Yeah, but a very quick recovery. So but yeah, that was that was the weekend or the Friday night before the National League final. The little division two last league final against Tipperary. It was the, that Friday night that she she broke the leg, which was a big blow. But that was May. Would have been first weekend in May, and she's back literally nine months, less than nine months later. Yeah, great going. Brilliant, brilliant recovery. Well done, and, and look at well done. We're going to have um, Carol Kiernan and James Daly on the podcast next week, um, coming in just to discuss general things about Cavan. Um, LGFA and and LGFA in general um, about the the association and just trying to raise the profile. So we're delighted to have them. We we will be they'll be on next week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Paul Cavan, 
um, had, I suppose, a prestigious event in the Hotel Kilmore Friday week where Declan Woods, the former Cavan PRO, was confirmed as or elected as the Ulster PRO for the coming three years, isn't it? Three-year term. Three-year term. And then Oliver Galligan from Cavan Gales uh, was also elected as the president for a three-year term. But I suppose we'll go to the audio because you caught up with, with the new president of the Ulster Council, Oliver Galligan. Congratulations on your on your uh, success Thanks very much. Thanks thanks a million, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Great achievement. Ah, yeah, I was you know very proud of very very honoured to, to get it and that you know so it's it's uh, it's nice to get it. Yeah, uh, okay. when the election was in Cavan at home and my own parish and that you know as I said the other night. Yeah. Well, so, um, so you have already done three officerships in the Ulster Council, is that right? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm on the Ulster Council for 18 years now at this stage, and I did I did PRO, and I did um, Treasurer, and I did Vice President, and now I'm into doing the President, yeah, yeah. So uh, you started off as, as Cavan Delegate, was it? I started off, myself and Tom Riley came on the Council back in about 18 years ago. When Aegon was elected PRO and Michal Green was elected Vice President, those two positions became available, and myself and Tom Riley were, were, were elected onto the council at that time in Cavan. So uh, I'm on it for that last 18 years, and um, I was on it a few years. Then I took over as chairman of coaching and games in Ulster, which put me on management. And the following year, three after three years at that, then I was elected as PRO, and, and, and that followed on three and three and three, yeah. So it's a, it's a huge commitment, I'd say, is it, in terms of... Ah, it's a huge commitment, but, you know, I suppose I've been at it now for 18 years, and... You know, I was probably doing it when I was still at work. I've been retired now for five, four, four or five years now, so it's kind of easier now. But, um, you know, I've also served at the same time I served on national committees. and I was on hearings for three years. I was on the HDC, for the Hurl Development Committee, for three years. And I was three years on coaching and game development at national level as well. So you kind of have to, you know, look up, look, do one do one along with the other, you know. I was going to say, just in terms of then your club background, so you won you won a few championship medals, didn't you, with the Gales? Yeah, I, I played in five county finals with the Gales back between 1967 and, and, and 1977. Uh, 78, actually. And I won three. Yeah, we won three championships, 75, 77, 78. And I won a couple. Of, I won a couple of all county leagues as well, and I, I think it was seventy one or seventy two. And then I captained the team in seventy six. Uh, we beat, we won the league that year as well. Beat Crushella. I also captained the team in sixty seven that won the first minor double. So we did uh, minor. We won our double first minor double of the club. I captained the, the club that year, and I also captained the county minors that year. Yeah. When you stopped playing, then um, when I stopped playing, then I kind of I, I, yeah I got involved then with the club and administration. I was chairman of the club for or five years in the early 90s and that in turn took me into the county board as the, as, as the club delegate and then I became development officer in the county board and as and, and, and the rest is just as whole history as the fellas as I moved on to Ulster then when the boys got elected you know okay and and when you when you first started getting involved in Ulster did you ever think the day would come where you'd, you'd be elected never never no as I said the other night when I when I you know when I joined the, the, the GEA it was never my intention to become uh, any administration, any administration part of it, but you know you, you play your you play your games and you play, you get involved in your club. And then I suppose if those people hadn't been there when I was starting to play, well, you know those people had to be there for me. So you kind of look on it, look at the bigger picture, and you have to you, ha- you have to put yourself out a wee bit then as well. But it was never my intention, even you know, as uh, ten years ago, it was never my intention. It wasn't that I joined the G- joined Ulster to become president. No, but it's just it, it evolved as well, you know. And um, the last Ulster president we had from Cavan was Aegon. Aegon was the last one, yeah. And then <coughs> before that, we had Michal Greenan. 
Uh, before that, we had Phil, we had Father Dan, we had Phil Smith before that, and we had Andy O'Brien, and we had Seamus Kilhaney, and we had uh, BC Fair. BC Fair, I think, was the first one would have been from Baltorbert. I think I'm the eighth one, I think, at this stage. Yeah. So you'll be, you'll eighth or seventh or eighth. You'd be hoping to um, present the South Cup to the Cavan Captain now. In the well, years. Absolutely, I'd be hoping to present any cup to the Cavan Captain, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> even, even the McKenna Cup would do it at this stage. But <laughs> you know, I, well, of course I would, of course I would. I'd be hoping to do that. But look, shall we see what happens? And Oliver, um, in terms of, of the... The things you're going to have to deal with in the role, I suppose Casey Park is going to be a priority, is it? Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, you know, and as I said the other night, I'm not going to say I'd love to open it. I'd love to see it started. I'd love to see some work commencing and the plan of mission being, being coming through and work commencing. There's other things as well I'd like to see for the development of Holland in, in the province as well, particularly in the weaker counties. And, you know, the schools, more coaching in our schools. We've lost the schools coaching up north and I'd like to see that restored if possible you know so there's a there's a few things there like you know that we need to we need to look at infrastructure for clubs and and, and counties as well you know more infrastructure for them as well and more development for them but you know there's a few things a few few big things there all right you know Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.com .ie for more details It's a hell of an honour you know and, he, and he's following the step, footsteps of obviously Egon O'Farrell and the previous one to that was Michal Greenan Yeah so there would have been there's been eight uh, actual Ulster presidents from Cavan you would have had Phil Smith back in, in the in the 80s and you would have had right back as far as BC Fay from Baltorbid in the 20s or 30s I think it was so yeah, so at one time actually Father Dan was the Ulster president and he was the president of St. Pat's and the, the vice principal in St. Pat's was Jim McDonnell and he went for the GEA presidency. So you nearly had an amazing no an amazing coincidence there. But unfortunately Jim was beaten in that election. But um, a great great going by, by both fellas. And I have to say Declan Woods in particular, as you know yourself, Damien, top, top class PRO. He yeah. was PRO of the year while, while he was PRO in Cavan and well-deserved. So yeah, national PRO of the year. National PRO mm. of the year, yeah. No, it's yeah. phenomenal. So um, best Brilliant. of luck to the two of them in the role. Yeah, congratulations to them. And look, at very, very busy jobs, but they'll be uh, they'll be well well done by the two lads anyway. So delighted to, delighted to hear that. Something of interest for all club players out there. You can win €5,000 for your club with sportsdirectandballs.ie on February 16th. Balls.ie are organising a GA Skills Challenge Day on February 16th in Abbottstown for male and female club players. Players will be tested for speed, shooting, accuracy and more. The person who comes out on top will win €5,000 for their club. Uh, we're especially putting the call out for female club players to enter here. Interested applicants uh, must be 20 years or older and have never played senior inter-county championship football um, with our county obviously so it's free to enter if you're interested get on to your email and email the gaffer at balls.ie that's the gaffer all one word g-a-f-f-e-r at balls.ie 
Um, Paul, thanks a million for coming on the show with us. Thanks for sharing all those uh, wonderful stories with Charlie Gallagher. We'll be we'll be watching that with interest. What two weeks time the book will be out? <laughs> <laughs> it could be it could be uh, twenty years time the way things are going, but we'll get there. You'll get there. Look, a collection of good stories. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon podcast where Paul last week predicted that Kerry would win by three points. Again, if you if you're back in Paul's uh, predictions, chances are you'd be down money. Um, <laughs> you'd probably be homeless. You'd probably be homeless. But it's uh, it's it's on over there on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. And later on in the week, we'll be previewing the Cavan Mayo game on that service. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football. After that, you're in Cavan, was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Kevin doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah!